Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Now we are in week five of a series that we're calling Jesus in His Own Words, where we're looking at the seven I am statements found in the book of John, the fourth book of the New Testament, where seven different times Jesus tells us in his own words who he is. And here's our big idea of the series, is that when we know who Jesus is, we see who he is calling us to be. That when we get to know who Jesus is, and I'm telling you, this is an amazing time for us to get to know Jesus better. And it won't just be just to get to know him better, that we believe that when we do, we're gonna see who he is calling us to be. And today we're gonna be looking at our next Jesus in his own words statement found in John chapter 14, verse six, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And if you're taking notes today, and I hope you are, we're gonna be talking about that statement. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Come on, let's pray. God, we invite you to speak to us. We thank you for your word, that it's alive, that it's active, that it speaks to every single area of our life. And so God, we give you permission to speak to us. God, I pray that every single one of us, when this, when this, when this, broadcast ends that were different than when it started. And so God, we open up our minds and our hearts to receive from you. And God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus. And it's through Jesus we pray. Amen. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's such a powerful statement. But to fully understand that statement, we need to look in the context for why Jesus said that. And so five verses earlier in verse one, This is what Jesus says. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. And the reason why he's saying this is because this is right before he's going to be betrayed and arrested and then crucified on a cross. And his disciples are freaking out. Like they're scared, they're stressed, they're worried, they're anxious. They don't know what's gonna happen. Does that sound familiar to anybody right now? And when they're in this place full of fear and worry and stress and anxiety and uncertainty of what's going to happen, he gives them this command, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust God and trust me. And then he follows that command with a promise in verse two, where he says, There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And Jesus promises right here in these two verses that I know what you're experiencing right now isn't fun, that it's not ideal. In fact, what you're experiencing right now is really hard, but I'm preparing a place for you that is so much better than what you're experiencing right now, a place called heaven. And this place called heaven, there's no more death. 
There's no more sorrow. There's no more crying. There's no more pain. There's no more sickness. There's no more coronavirus. There's no more pandemics and quarantines. There's no more stress, anxiety, worry, uncertainty. And Jesus says that this place that I'm preparing, this place called heaven, it has more than enough room. In some translations, they say that my house has many rooms. And let me tell you, that is some really good news for you and me. And here's why it's such good news, because that means that there's plenty of room for you and for me and for your friends and your family and your coworkers and people you go to school with. I'm telling you, every single person in our city right now that there is more than enough room. And then he ends that big grand speech in verse four, and he says this, and you know the way, the way to where I am going. And I love Thomas's response in the next verse because he says, no, we don't, Lord. Like, we don't know, Thomas said. Like, we have no idea where you are going, so how can we know the way? And I can relate to Thomas a lot right here. Uh, Thomas, he's, he's often referred to as doubting Thomas uh, because of the, one of the greatest mistakes that he ever made. And, um, you know, how would you like to be kind of identified by your greatest mistake. I want you to know that Jesus never one time called him Doubting Thomas because Jesus will never identify you by your biggest mistake. And by the way, that one was free uh, But because I can relate a lot to Thomas here. And um, I, I imagine Jesus is giving this big speech and all the other disciples are around Thomas and they're just nodding their head in agreement. They're like, yes, absolutely, I get that. That is so good, Jesus. And then the camera like pans over to Thomas and he just has this look of confusion on his face. And he just says, um, no, we don't know the way. Like we have no clue. Like how can we? Because every time we ask you a question, you end up answering our question with another question. And you're always using all these riddles and these stories and parables. And how can we know the way? Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Have you ever felt that way at church? And Jesus, he ends up responding by saying one of the most famous, bold, theologically beefy claims that he ever made in verse six when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And in this one verse, Jesus makes three I am statements that I want to look at today. Number one, he says, I am the way. In other words, Jesus says, I am the only way to God. To heaven. I'm not a way, I'm the way. And here's what I know. Some people don't like that. They don't like that. It feels exclusive. And it's like, I don't, I don't really like that Jesus would say, I'm the way. That sounds pretty exclusive. So let's just talk theology for a minute. Here was God's original plan. This was God's original plan. God's original plan was you having direct access to God. But then something called sin entered the world. And when that happened, that's sin, that's mistakes, that's things that have happened in our lives, 
and I apologize if my penmanship is not very good, but sin enters the world. And here's what sin does. Sin, it separates us from God. That our sin separates the direct connection that we have with God because God is perfect and he's holy and he's just and he cannot be in the presence of sin. And here's what the Bible says. The Bible says in Romans chapter three that everyone has sinned, that we all fall short of God's glorious standard. And so that sin, it separates us from God. It, it breaks that connection. And sin, here's what we got to understand today, is that sin doesn't make you bad. It is much worse than that. Sin makes you dead. In fact, in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says, for the wages, the penalty, the price of our sin is death. And here's the bad news. The bad news is that there's nothing that we can do now to get to God. That there's nothing that we can do to fix this sin problem. So there's, we can't do enough good works to fix this. That we can't give enough money to fix this. That we can't go to church enough to fix this. That we can't serve enough and help people and meet tangible needs and help our neighbor and do whatever we can do that there's nothing, nothing. There is nothing that we can do ourselves to be able to fix this sin problem. That's the bad news. But here's the good news. Because we can't get to God on our own, God chose to come to us. And here's how he dealt with this sin problem, is that he sent his son, Jesus, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that anybody that believes in him can have eternal life and that, the, that he on the cross took care of our sin problem. And that is good news. That is really good news. And the good news of the gospel is that he made a way where there is no way, that we serve a God that specializes in making a way where there is no way. The good news of the gospel is that no matter who you are or where you're from or what you've done, that God loves you and that he wants a relationship with you. And he created a way for that to happen through Jesus. And here's what we gotta get today. That's not exclusive, that's specific. That's not exclusive, that's specific. So don't get hung up on the fact that there's only one way. Get excited that there is a way. And Jesus says, I am the way. He also said, number two, I am the truth. And so make sure you get this today, that truth is not a principle, Truth is not a philosophy. Truth is a person. And his name is Jesus. And now more than ever, during this coronavirus situation, while we are constantly on social media, have more free time, we're constantly being bombarded with news and updates and opinions, we all, listen, we need to know truth. And I think that is why Jesus, the truth, is also called the Word in John chapter 1. 
See, because I think that the word of God is truth. That this book right here is full of truth. And right now, we need to know truth like Joshua 1.9. That says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. But I want to feel fear. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We need to be reminded of truth like that right now. We need to be reminded of truth like Psalm 46, 1 that says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help us in times of trouble. We need to be reminded of truth like Nahum 1, 7. Yeah, I busted out Nahum today at church at home that the Lord is good, a strong refuge when trouble comes. He is close to those who trust him. We need truth like Galatians 6, 9 that says, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. We need to be able to cling to truth like Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And then you will experience his peace, God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand, that his peace will guard our hearts and our minds as you live in Christ Jesus. We need to be reminded of Philippians 4.13 that says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. We need to be reminded of 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 that says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. We need to be reminded of Hebrews 6.19 that says, This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. And let me give you just a couple more, just for fun, because we need to be reminded of James 1.5 that says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. And we need to be reminded of 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, that says, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Now that's just 10 of 31,102 verses in this book. And I'm telling you, some of you right now, you need to pause, rewind, write down those 10 verses, and read them every single day. And during this time, let me just challenge you. I challenge you to spend time every single day in God's word. And you can find a bunch of resources on our website. We actually have a page called queencitypeople.com slash Bible. And there we have a bunch of resources that can help you kind of navigating, especially if you've never read your Bible. We would love to help you uh, because I'm telling you, we need truth. Right now, we need truth. And the Bible is full of truth. And Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. And then number three, I am the life. He says, I am the life. And this is one of my favorite things about Jesus. And we talked about this two weeks ago when we talked about him being the door. That not only does he offer us eternal life in the future, that heaven that we talked about, but he also offers you abundant life right now. In other words, that the best life that you and I could ever live is found with Jesus. And over the past two weeks, here's what's so true. All of us have been reminded 
that so many things in life can be taken from us. We've been reminded that there's so many things in this world and in this life that can be taken from us. Going out with friends on the weekend has been taken from us. Eating out in restaurants has been taken from us. Going to the movies has been taken away. Working out in your gym has been taken away. Getting your hair did has been taken away. The, the, the NBA and March Madness and the Masters and now the Olympics has been taken away. For some of you, school has been taken away. And this semester of college has been taken away. Parents, you're here and your childcare has been taken away. For some of you, maybe even this week, your job has been taken away. Maybe you've been let go, or you've been, your job's been furloughed, or maybe your hours have been way cut back, and maybe your job has been taken away. And your financial security and stability has been taken away. And maybe even your physical health has been taken away. But listen to me. Nothing, no virus, no sickness, no crisis, no pandemic, no quarantine, no fear, no financial uncertainty, no layoffs, no furloughs, nothing, nothing can take away your relationship with Jesus. And the truth is, is that everything in our lives, everything in our lives can be taken from us, everything but Jesus. So let's be people. Why don't right now we just choose to be people who build our life on the one thing that can't be taken from us today? Jesus, the life, is saying, build your life on me. It's the only thing that can't be taken from you. So build your life on me and you will not only experience eternal life one day, you'll experience abundant life right now. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And we do this every week at our church, but just ask right now, just God, just pray this prayer. God, what are you saying to me? What are you speaking to me right now? What does my response need to be to this message? And maybe you're here and you've never said yes to Jesus. Maybe you've never accepted him as the way, the truth, and the life. Let me be a little bit more personal. Maybe you've never made him your way and your truth in your life. And maybe you have in the past, but now you feel far from God. And today you find yourself needing a fresh start. Today, if you're here and you would love to say yes to Jesus and receive the free gift of grace and to start or restart a relationship with God, I just want you to pray this right where you're at. Just pray this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I love you. I need you. And I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you come live inside me? Will you change me? Do something that I can't do myself. And will you make me brand new? I surrender my whole life to you. I give you my life. 
and I choose to follow you. In the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People.